Hi, everybody. Look, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news. I don't want to bring the energy down because the podcast is just starting. But I'm sure that everyone out there is all excited to listen to this episode about May 1998's smash rock hit by Eve Six called Inside Out. But I'm sorry to tell you that that's not what we're talking about. In fact, we've never done a podcast episode about a song, so I don't even know why you would think that. But I did want to say that I'm sorry we're not doing it because it's a great song. Here's a quick clip. Man, that song rocks. I mean, I just love Eve Six and I love that song. Here's another clip. So like I said, we're not talking about that song. I mean, I'd love to know the science about a heart and a blender, but we're talking about Pixar's Inside Out. So I hope you enjoy the episode and I hope you enjoy Eve Six's music because they're a great band that I've seen live that I personally enjoy. Okay, that's enough. Let's get into the podcast episode, which has nothing to do with that song or a Goo Goo Dolls song called Iris. Here's a clip of that. That song came out at about the same time and is another great song. Just like One Week by Bare Naked Ladies, there's a clip of that. It's been one week since you looked at me. Man, what a great time, the late 90s. Okay, back to the podcast. Thank you for listening. Bad science. Did the movie get it right? Bad science. Or will we have to fight? Hi everybody, welcome to Bad Science, I'm Ethan Edinburgh, and today I am excited beyond belief to be talking about an Oscar-winning film, it's a one best animated feature, Inside Out, and uh, today I have two wonderful guests joining me to discuss the film. First, an assistant professor of preventative medicine at Keck School of Medicine of USC, Dr. Megan Herding, is that correct? Yes. Dr. Megan Herding. Yes. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for um, having me. And your expertise is uh, behavioral neuroscience and neurodevelopment. Is that correct? That is correct. We study how the kids' brains develop and wow. how they do so. Okay, great. So f- spot on for this film, I would say. Uh, and joining us, of course, is writer, performer, and producer Marie Wachke. Whoa, where'd you pull that from? <laughs> the internet, Marie. Where oh, do you think I pulled it I from? I don't know. We did not discuss it. No, we didn't. Yeah. Would you rather me say something else? No, 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 that's wonderful. That sounded really professional. Oh, yeah. You're a professional. Tight, tight. Yeah. And you're here today to give us professional advice. Yeah. Professional funnies, (laughs) professional jokes. Yeah. Yes. That's what you're known for. Professional Mm -hmm. funnies. Yes. Yes. Um, And actually, I wanted to bring up your handle. Usually, (laughs) we do uh, like a plug section at the end, but you are known on the interwebs as... At depressed auntie. Yes, I. <laughs> so I had you. to dive yeah. into why this was your choice and what that means exactly. I am depressed and I am auntie. So depressed auntie. Ah, okay. Yeah. Um, Who would have yeah, thought? Definitely. I was like, sadness drives me. This is definitely <laughs> my movie. Mm-hmm. I even dressed up as sadness after the movie came out for Halloween. Wow. I had her haircut too, <laughs> and I had blue hair before I had her haircut, but I was like, it would have been too much if I had the blue hair and her haircut yeah. at the same time. Wow. Would have been freaked. That's well, amazing. I hope you have photos of that because I would love to post that for people yes. to check out. Yeah, I do. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> so uh, let's, let's first of all, before we get into the film, I, I did want to just analyze here the, the neurodevelopment side of what you do. So sure. are you 
like interacting with kids? Are you like watching them while you know behind a mirrored piece of glass, uh, making notes? How does this work? Mm, exactly? Not so far off. Um, okay. So <laughs> we don't have any mirrored glass, but we do study how kids develop by having them come into the laboratory. Okay. And we're mostly interested in the brain. So what's inside and inside out, right? Yeah. So we actually use neuroimaging techniques to study how the brain looks, how it communicates, uh, how it functions. And we can do that with something called an MRI. So magnetic resonance um, imaging, uh, which is just a big fancy word for taking really beautiful pictures of the brain. Okay. And does that mean, is that the thing where the kids have to go in that tube, like that loud tube? Yeah. So it's a tube. (laughs) Um, There's no injections or anything, but it does make loud noises. So we give them earplugs, but we also let them watch movies. So they could actually watch Inside Out (laughs) while in the MRI. Yeah. Um, And so we can study their brain that way. I feel like that would damage your results because they would just be crying the whole time. (laughs) Half of the time. I cried multiple times watching this movie. I don't know if you guys had the same reaction. At the end. Definitely at the end. Oh, at the end. From out the gate. The I was like, same. I was like, oh, what a beautiful family. Like, <laughs> yes. I, crying. I relate yeah. to that a thousand percent. I couldn't. No. I was even trying to figure out why I was crying at the time. And I couldn't. I didn't understand it. Are you also a psychologist? Can you break down why Ethan and I cry at the yeah. side of happy families? Yeah. <laughs> what is it about a family playing hockey that makes me cry? Why is that? Uh, for You know, I don't know the answer to that, but okay. we mm. should find out. Okay, yeah, maybe off yeah. mic we can tell her all about our yeah. personal Can we go lives. in the loud tube and figure out what is wrong with our heads? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. do, do kids do well in that thing? I feel like... The, they absolutely do. Wow, so So this weird. is a whole field of study, and it started in the 1990s, actually. Whoa. Okay. But late 1999, they first showed that the brain continues to develop all the way until you're about age 30, we now know. So wow. we, thought yeah. It, yeah, we thought it was done, you know, <laughs> first it was... Marie. You know, <laughs> 18, then it was 21, then it was 25. That's why rental uh, insurance goes down when you're 25 because you have better oh. machinery to make decisions. Oh, my God. And now okay. we know the brain is continuing to be plastic and developing until almost age 30. Okay, wow. so but by the same theory here, it could be 35, it could yeah. be 40. Maybe we don't we're know. still learning. We're still Forever. learning. I have plenty of time, in other words. <laughs> I yeah. thought I only had one year left before I was like that dumb. You're forever. stuck with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I have time. That's so nice to know. Yeah. Plenty of time, but come on. I, I, I thought science said 25, you're done. Yeah, I was I was under the same impression. I thought it was like 27. I think I was told that in college. Yeah, yeah. So. and it just keeps changing. We keep seeing that the brain keeps wiring and changing. And, Great. You know, uh, our brains are really malleable, like clay. And so mm-hmm. every experience, kind of like in the movie, every experience that, that, that the little girl had, and new things and new experiences changed how those little characters interact. And yeah. that's kind of representative of our, of our brain cells. Wow. Um, I have so many questions just while you're talking, but also it's like I have three pages of questions that I should get to. Uh, So sadness we look at as a huge negative thing, but I think the main point of this movie, right, is saying that actually sadness can result in uh, us learning and us bringing together, you know, people for comfort or for help, right? So it's like facing those negative emotions instead of ignoring them, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So the same part of the brain that controls the positive things and the negative things is in charge of this. And and just think about, in general, being able to adapt and change. And so you need to have... uh, emotions to make cognitive connections and to learn new things like you mentioned. And so it's it's not about negative. Sadness is not always bad. Sadness can be helpful in having uh, really complex and decision-making thoughts that 
allow you to make better decisions. And so I think uh, it is. In the end, she learns that a memory, an example, a context can be both good and bad at the same time. And so I think that's the powerful point. Yeah. Do, would you? Are you still going to go with depressed auntie, or do you think that there's well, like a? I'm stuck with depression forever. So, like, <laughs> is that true? Is she stuck? Uh so I we, <laughs> we have to we have to step back and talk to her. But I, I mean, I'm de- there's definitely therapies that have been shown to work. Yeah. So we could talk about depression. Don't give up on yourself. Maria. Yeah, I'm not giving up on myself. I'm accepting that I get depressed. Ah. I have depression. I take okay. medication for it. Mm. And like, I feel like fighting and resisting. Like I was joy and I was like, no, we're not sad. We're not sad. We're not sad. We're not sad. Right. And then you just like cry in the middle of math class because like it has to come out at yeah. some point. Yeah, yeah. So then I was like, oh, wait, no, I can just like be sad, yeah. process my feelings. It's okay. Mm-hmm. I can be depressed yeah. and like. It's okay. Just figure out what's happening. Adjust. And then, like, when I'm better, I'll do better. So question, when did you first start learning that there was this, like, it's okay to be sad? Actually, inside out. (laughs) In the movie theater, I was like, what? You can, like, (laughs) sadness can be okay? Like, you can process? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. This movie really shift your perspective. Yeah. Shifted your perspective. That's incredible. What, and so you saw it in theaters, I assume. I actually saw it with the Disney orchestra that Whoa. played for the movie because my Damn. ex's grandpa, shout out Gramps, um, was <laughs> But not shout out to your ex? No, 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 no. Me and Gramps are still cool. Me and my ex are not cool. Okay, yeah. great. Um, but yeah, I got to see it uh, with the orchestra and they all laughed really loud at the piano joke where they were like, forget four years of piano lessons, but oh, keep right. heart and soul and chopsticks. And yes. like that was the biggest laugh that the music. That liked. is a good yeah. joke, yeah. So wait, your ex's grandfather was in the orchestra or knew He somebody? was in the orchestra. He was, he's crap. a violinist. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So you yeah. were just like the entire row of the movie theater was you and a bunch of- uh, A bunch of musicians' families. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's got to be really cool. Yeah. I mean, for you and for them to see all the music. I mean, yeah. the music was, I feel, I felt like maybe that was half the reason I was crying because the music was so good and powerful. Yeah. And music can, I mean, music does induce emotions, right? And memory. So this Mm. other thing that the movie played upon was this idea that emotions help you learn new memories and memories have emotional Mm. context. And so one of the strongest things, right, are smell and music to help us remember things. Yes. And so those are really emotional stimuli in our context of life that really kind of bring us, you know, you ever hear a song and you're like, I know exactly where that song like made an impact in my life. Absolutely. That's why I was wondering, like, when Riley was on that bus trying to go back to Minnesota and she was depressed and she had her head against the window, I was like, why does she not have earbuds? Why is she not listening to, like, <laughs> Paramore or Mitski or something? Like, and then I was like, oh, my God, I know my bus song. Like, Oh, what's your bus song? Class of 2013 by Mitski. Oh. But the Audio Tree live version because she like Ooh. wails on it and it's tight okay Def- uh don't if you're near sadness don't listen to that song <laughs> for uh, the first time and just in case let's insert a clip of that song right here tight <laughs> great that was incredible <laughs> i'm emotionally compromised <laughs> anyways she uh when when she's little she has an imaginary friend this is something uh, our associate oh. producer emily brought up to me a, a few minutes ago actually and uh, bing bong is yeah. his name yeah. of course r.i.p r.i.p bing bong uh who f- faded into uh non-existence which was really sad uh but yeah i wanted to ask why we make up imaginary friends and why we get rid of them and when is it 
acceptable to have it and when is it not? Because if you're an adult and you have an imaginary friend, that's a problem, right? Uh, yes. Mm, usually. Usually. Usually that's usually. a sign you should talk to somebody. Yeah, a real person. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. So does did everyone have an imaginary friend growing up? I mean, I know I did. I did. Uh, it's embarrassing to admit, but yes, I did. Who was it? He, uh, I called him my Uncle David. This is very strange, but my father's name is David. And so it was like a rival to my dad (laughs) (laughs) who did not uh, enjoy this imaginary friend of mine. Uh, But yeah, I guess I don't know why or at what age. And I don't know when it ended. Yeah. But I must have been very young. But I know because my dad will still randomly make fun of me for that. Oh my gosh. Yeah, That's yeah. amazing. Uh, I did not have any imaginary friends oh, and I no. was like would not name, I would want to name my stuffed animals, right? Mm-hmm. And like I would talk to them, but I would never give them a name because I was like, oh no, that would be dumb. Oh, I don't want to wow. like offend this oh. animal. So, so smart then I was like, youth. So then I was like, okay, well this is just my bunny or this is, mm. like Pooh Bear was my favorite because he came with a name. <laughs> so I'm like, right. oh. No, you, no pressure yeah, on you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Huh? And the character this lives on. This is your name, you regardless. like this name, you're okay with this, you have your, it's on your shirt. I named my fine. stuffed animal, I had a dolphin that I named Dolphiny. You can see how see, creative yeah. I was yeah. at a young age. Uncle David and Dolphiny. <laughs> Yeah, my dad's name and the name of the animal. Um, but yeah, I don't know. At some point, I guess I just grew out of it. So is that common? Does that still, I assume that happens all the yeah, time. Yeah, I think it's common. I don't, anecdotally, it's common. I wasn't creative enough to uh, create my own imaginary friend. My older sisters decided to help me invent one. Wow. Uh, okay. so, Whoa, that's so, real cool. <laughs> so I had Robbie Dobby, who they made <laughs> into, and then they would encourage me to tell stories about it. I mean, I think that wow. it's part of it's, you know, as a kid, you you have kind of uh, less to build off of, right? As we're mm. older, we have a lot of information of how things worked in the past and what helped us navigate situations of social or, or school-related. Um, but when, as a kid, you don't have context for that. So you have a little more freedom to kind of make things up, right? And yeah. to be a little more creative because there's no context of your whole life to tell you that there probably isn't, you know, a, a dolphin or a poo bear that talks <laughs> back to you. Right. Uh, but I, I think it's, you know, I think it's really interesting that some kids have them, some kids don't. Some kids are too too smart, I guess, <laughs> to want to go down that road. So I, I that's really like, interesting. I don't want to offend this doll, my friend. I don't <laughs> yeah. want to offend them. I don't want to leave them at some <laughs> yeah. point. Yeah. I wonder if just kids are getting smarter with every generation. I feel like that's got to be a thing, right? Have you seen babies take selfies? No. Yeah. What? There's, this is a there's, thing? There's baby oh, selfies, and they're very adorable. But yeah, they like can unlock their mom's phone. Wow. And I mean, if there's like not a passcode on it, you know what I mean? Sure. They see the swipe, they can press a Damn. button and know it's a camera and take a selfie. They're not framed well, you know, but they're, <laughs> they're, they're there. But that's yeah. just yeah. their motor skills, right? Yeah, exactly. Like that develops okay. first, yeah. right? So think of like an infant. An infant knows how to see the world and feel and, and, and sit up eventually and then walk. So do they really know that they're taking selfies or they're just, you know, motor things? You give I, them some keys, I'm sure they'll also... Point that's true. Eventually yeah, put it in the yeah. Car. Eventually, find yeah. the camera right. and then see it 
And then accidentally, I mean, I guess I've also accidentally taken selfies. (laughs) So maybe me and the baby are doing the same thing. (laughs) Yeah, I'd like to, it does make me feel better. I hope that we're all the same amount of intelligence. (laughs) Technology plays no part. Um, Okay, uh, core memories play a big role in this movie. There's like this console, this round console where she has like five core memories that make up her personality. So does that, did that ring true to you or did you think that was a a little far-fetched? Yeah, so that's the far-fetched part I think of this movie. Okay. You know, they did a great job. Uh, they had some great scientific advisors who who actually found, you know, that there's six universal emotions, which are the, you know, the oh. ones in our head. We're, um, we're missing one, though, right? Because they had joy, anger, disgust, fear, sadness. Yes. And they're missing contempt. Ooh. Which is probably hard to model. Yeah. And he has one other one as well. His name's Dr. Ekman, and he studied emotional mm. perception in in remote islands around the world um, and came up with these common emotions that everyone seemed to to be able to name and, and relate to. Interesting. Uh, yeah, so they did a great job t- talking about how memories are made and where they're stored. There's long-term memory they talked about at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think there's quite the relationship between emotional memory and personality, like they made it seem, right? She had those islands yes. in yeah. her head. Personality um, islands, yeah. I believe. I'm yeah. sure those are dimensions of people's lives, but that's kind of the mind part of the brain, right? That's like what we create and less about the biology. There's no mm-hmm. islands that I know of. In mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe you are. Yeah. So we could scan you and yeah, see. Yeah, there might be islands. In there. Great. I, don't know. I mean, let's go scan you right after yeah. this. I'm very Moana's curious. Moana's there. Yep. Dr. Ekman meets Moana, collects data from her, finds contempt. Whoa. All this, in my brain. This is a cool sequel. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah this is meta stuff. Inside uh, out, too. I Marie's did. Mine. <laughs> Marie's mine. It's just all about you. Yeah. I was. I, I like the personality island aspect of the movie because I do think that we kind of like morph in and out of I don't know different aspects of our personality. Absolutely, like yeah. I like the whole like goofball island. I thought was, was really cute. cool and also made me cry. Oh. Um, I thought about my girlfriend and just her being a total goofball, and it just got to me like a lot. That's <laughs> um, so sweet. It was yeah, uh, but maybe I just cried too much in this movie though. That's could be on me. Not uh, too much. You, you don't think so? No. Okay, good. I know you. <laughs> I know you're not the doctor here, but I believe you, and <laughs> I feel like I'm cured. Um, yeah, no, I just I think that uh, that part I did find kind of accurate because I do see people kind of shape-shifting a little bit, right? Yeah. But uh, but yeah, basing it on the core memories I thought was strange and I did I was trying after the movie to just think about my core memories. Like, are there things that happened to me that I remember that were, you know, developmental in my life? So I just wanted I don't know, your, your take yeah. on that, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. You probably I mean, all of us have some memories where like, yes, I recall that. Mm-hmm. And that has really shaped how I perceive X, Y, and Z. And so right. I think that there are times in in kids' lives where there's really, and even as adults, right, the brain's still learning and still having experiences where you're where you can really think back to that uh, situation and and say that was good or bad and how it kind of changed your life. And so that's totally realistic. Whether mm-hmm. or not there's scientific proof of how those core memories work, I don't know. But I think everyone in this room could agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I just remembered a core memory because I was like, oh. ugh, they're all going to be like dumb or no. whatever. Tell us your core but memories. Yeah. So my sister, shout out Mary Jane. Um, she, <laughs> a lot of uh, shout out. <laughs> <this episode. laughs> um, she, uh, 
was really sick. Uh, she had this disease called paniculitis, so she couldn't move her legs. Like, it was very advanced. Oh and we lived in a town where the nearest hospital was, like, an hour away. And all this crazy stuff before cell phones, so you could only call and whatever. Um, she ended up having to say, spend the night in the hospital. But we didn't know what was happening, you know, anything. Whoa. I woke up, watched regular Saturday morning cartoons like I usually do. And I watched Rugrats, which is our favorite show. Shout out. Uh, shout out Rugrats. <laughs> <laughs> shout out Stu Pickles. Um, and uh, there was a joke. I laughed. And I always turned to my sister to see if she's also laughing. Right. And then she wasn't there. And I just burst into tears. Wow. And I was like, what's wrong? And I'm like, Mary Jane's not here. And there was something funny on the Rugrats. And like, uh, she came back. And then we did watch Rugrats and laugh again. So oh, like, great. And she Happy can ending. laugh now. So it's tight. Like, yeah. all good. Okay. But yeah. But I'm like, oh, man. My core is I love my sister, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, shout out Mary Jane. Man, I just want to go down a <laughs> tangent hole of your other core memories right now. I just want access to those files. Oh, I man. don't have access to any except for that one right now. Okay, so, as yeah. they come up, though. As they come up, You yes. let us know. Um, okay, you mentioned the short-term, long-term memory thing, so I did want to ask about that. In the movie, it's portrayed that like we're making short-term memories all day. Uh, some of us are better at acknowledging them than others, I think. Uh, but then, at the end of the day, she like hits a pedal with her foot, and then they all sink into long-term memory. Yeah. And then even then, they show later in the movie, like long-term memory is gigantic. It like looks like a brain, right? It has these like waves and stuff. And then people are like cleaning out those long, <laughs> yeah. they're like, oh, we don't need this, we don't need this, yeah. which supplied yeah. a lot of, yeah, f- uh, comedy, which is great. But I just wanted to know if that uh, is how it works. Yeah, I mean, I think they're, the current theory, right, is that all day you take in information. And part of the brain that encodes that information is called your hippocampus. It's behind your ears. Okay. Um, and in, and it's, in, it's integrating information about the context of learning new information, about what you did that day. Um, and, and you're gathering all that information all day long. And then it's thought that during sleep, when you go to sleep at night, that those memories are consolidated, which means that they take on a different molecular and cellular kind of um, way of communicating. And so your sleep actually lets you create those more long-term memories. Um, And then over time, uh, um, you know, years later, they actually are thought to move outside of the hippocampus and be stored elsewhere in the brain. And so maybe that's where those long-term memories were so complex, right? They they were in... um, File storage cases, if you will, kind of like RAM in a memory uh, in, in your computer. Same thing is thought to be true in the human brain. So it goes through a few different forms here. We have the short-term memory, the hippocampus, and then you're saying that they like stay there for years potentially, potentially. in this different form. They're like converted into a magma-esque <laughs> liquid, yeah. uh, what you're describing, uh, where they can be accessed like more easily, I guess. Yeah. And then eventually, for random, we don't understand reasons, they just go into hardware RAM? Yeah. And we're still trying to figure out those mechanisms because um, there's some really famous studies of individuals who've had to have parts of their hippocampus removed uh, due to epilepsy, right? So they try to remove the tissue that's too excitable. Uh And what they found is that the individual could remember, you know, things way prior, but not within so many, so many years of when they did the surgery. And so that was some of the basic biology saying, okay, well, these 
autograph autobiographical memories, which are memories about your sister uh, and other things in your life. Shout those um, <laughs> those are stored, you know, maybe elsewhere eventually. But in the beginning, uh, for a couple of years, they're stored in the hippocampus to solidify that wow. information. Wow. Unbelievable. And there's some sort of correlation with sleep, you're saying, that sleep might, that that's the common understanding, that sleep somehow converts these memories into uh, magma, as I <laughs> weirdly yeah, call yeah, it. Yeah, this uh, memory consolidation, this magma phase, essentially, <laughs> where you're integrating information. Have you ever had a dream where you kind of um, wake up and you're like, I think this makes sense because I was doing this today, and then a sure. couple days yeah. ago I was doing this, and then this has been on my mind, and you wake up from that dream. The thought is maybe it's because during memory consolidation where you're trying to put your existence and what you've done that day in context of the rest of the things you know in your life mm -hmm. that uh, some of those things come through through dreaming. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yo, in the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Hit it. Uh, when Riley has that first nightmare in San Francisco, it's like taking everything from her day. Yes. And then scaring her. That mice was that mouse was really funny. The dead mouse. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> so cute. Yeah. Uh, and then Joy was like, I know I'm not supposed to do this. And she unplugs it. So does that mean that Riley lost all those memories because she didn't consolidate them? I understood it more as like... She's not dreaming anymore. Like she's in another yeah. phase of sleep. Or but like, because Joy cut the switch on the memories, you know what I mean. So I'm like, I don't Joy know. I, there was some for that day. There was some confusing stuff as far as like when her memories were deleted and when they weren't. Like, right? Yeah, but it's interesting, right? Because we can't remember everything. So the brain is really efficient. It doesn't want to keep every single little detail, right? right. That yeah. would not. You, how much information do we consume? And now we have the internet. How much information oh do God. we consume? Too much, too arguably much. <laughs> much too much. And so the uh, the vacuum, right? You mentioned they were going around mm -hmm. sucking up memories they decided weren't or information that wasn't important. You know, it's thought the brain also has a process to decide that. We don't understand what is kind of the flag for doodly, you know, yeah. that wow, <laughs> empty yeah. your trash bin. But we know that it's important for us to process only important information. And so the brain does that really well. Mm -hmm. yeah. After um, interrogating several scientists, I've discovered <laughs> that I have selective memory, pretty obvious. And so I will forget things that my brain does not find fun or entertaining <laughs> or I don't know why exactly. But do you think that that is, it wasn't really shown in the film, I guess, but it's like there has to be some sort of correlation as to like what she finds important, right? Like hockey, I've like connected with because I was like, oh, I have a ton of my brain uh, selected for music Bullshit. Just like <laughs> random, no reason for it, bare naked lady lyrics. Oh my God. You know, like, why do I know this stuff? I don't, I'm not sure. But it seems like maybe it's formatted when we're little and that just stays with us. I don't know if there's studies on this. I don't know how it works. I think it goes back to this idea that emotion and memory are so commonly paired. So in the study of psychology, for a long time, people studied emotion or they studied memory, but we now know that they are so highly uh, intertwined. And so I think it does go with this idea there's this term saliency or arousal that's something that it doesn't excite you whether that's um, fun or joy or even in the negative scene something very sad or disgusting that you probably won't uh, encode it or learn it as well mm -hmm. because you need that extra information to say pay attention right your brain has to say pay attention flag this is important to save later right and so it's the emotional part of it that helps you remember 
those musical tracks. Wow. Got it. So from now on, when I want to remember something that my brain doesn't find fun, I just smell something disgusting, <laughs> and that will somehow trigger. I mean, that makes sense. No, you should make a song uh, out of it. That's what they do with babies. I used to do that for tests when I had to remember oh my stuff. Gosh. That's the only reason. Do you remember one of them? No, I don't. Because again, I would just forget it as soon as oh. I didn't need it anymore. Yeah. But for the time at the test, I was like. Pfft. I know all the cities in South America. <laughs> just this weird rap song. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, your brain seems really efficient if you're like, delete, 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 delete every day. Yeah. I've, <laughs> it's I mean, the I, cleanup software on yeah. there. It's like yeah. the nicest way to say that possible. It's, uh, I would say, <laughs> unreliable, I would say. But efficient is nice. That's yeah. a nice way to put it. Yeah, I just end up forgetting random stuff all the time that I should know. Um, but, uh, you know, like my license plate. That seems Wait, are you supposed to know that off the top of your head? I think so. Most people know oh it, no? Oh, my God. Okay. You don't know your license plate? No. Okay. <laughs> That's not fun. Well, uh, kindred do, spirits. I do have a picture of it on my phone, though. Yeah, see, same. Oh, okay. Because I knew I would forget. Okay. But are you forgetting or are you just having problems recalling? So is it mm. in there and oh. you just can't bring it back up? You're uh. having trouble finding it? Or did you really, really forget it? And that's something we also still don't know is, you know, did you forget or is it kind of it's buried away and you're having trouble digging through all the other things you save, like right. those lyrics, uh, to find it? I mean, it's got to be both a little bit, yeah. right? It's got to be hard to, I don't know, like recollect it, it. Because sometimes I'll just sit, you know, everybody like when you're trying to think, oh, what's that movie with that guy I like? And someone's like, oh, I'll look it up. And you go, no, right? <laughs> give me a minute. Let me try to just. If you yeah. bring it up and it works. A lot yeah. of times I'll just be sitting there like, oh, I got it. Now I just needed 30 seconds to dig. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very strangely, right? Yeah. Uh, so, but we don't know why that is. And I guess, no. How does it feel to be in a field where we don't know anything? <laughs> It's just completely a mystery. It's kind of awesome because every yeah. day I go in and someone's like, what are you going to do today? I don't know. I don't <laughs> like, know. I don't know what There's I'm nothing to find. study. <laughs> I'm study all of it, but I don't know. You know, it's great. It never gets boring. It's not the same job every day. So Right. Oh. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, there were some dreams, uh, anxiety dreams that they portrayed in the film. The teeth falling out. Yeah. She didn't have oh, pants God. on. Yeah. Uh, so I want to just ask you guys if you have those dreams and also like, are there common anxiety dreams that you experience uh yeah i've definitely had like teeth falling out dreams okay. and i i hear that means that death is coming Whoa. yeah like like with dream, dream interpretation websites <laughs> but like okay sounds like, reliable death or someone's so, death us well, i don't general. know Just yeah death. death in general well death is always coming yeah exactly so, so like all right but could like be every day you have that dream yeah teeth come out or whatever falling well, is one mm -hmm. i feel like that's really common yeah that is a common one um yeah that sounds terrible megan <laughs> mm, i was a really nerdy kid and so i used to have uh uh growing up i used to have dreams that i couldn't figure out when i got to school where my locker was and where my books were Whoa. and how to get to the next class <laughs> yeah. uh, like stressed. a panic of like i didn't remember the maze of the school and was just completely lost mm -hmm. i had that one quite a bit oh as gosh. a kid wow yeah i so I would be lost, but I would get lost or, like, be trying to fight with somebody because I would use, like, real logic in a dream world. And oh. then things would change up on me all the time. And I'm Ooh. like, this does not make any sense. I know who you are. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> um, and then I would wake up very frustrated and anxious. Yes. 
Yeah, I definitely wake up anxious uh, pretty often. I think I have dreams where it's like a panic zone for sure. <laughs> I have to, for some reason, it's on me to like lead a group of twenty people outside of a building that's collapsing. Uh, so, anyways, I just I was curious about that, and I was going to ask you, but then I realized we don't know shit about dreams, right? There's no f- evidence. There's no studies. Yeah. Like dreams are still as random as they were hundreds of years ago. Yeah, although I recently heard that at MIT they're doing this study where they're trying to um, get people to fall asleep, and then as soon as they're about to fall asleep, something wakes them up so that they can learn about kind of what was going through their head to maybe understand the process that would lead to dreaming and have them respond. I think they're putting something on their lip (sighs) and then jarring them awake and having them say, like, what's the first things that come to mind or something? Whoa, weird. So very, very out there. But that's why MIT Media Lab is pretty cool is they get a lot of opportunities to explore just kind of the fringe. And so maybe in years to come, we'll know a little bit more about dreaming. Shout out MIT Media Labs. Very cool. Um, Okay, I wanted to ask about uncertainty uh, because it seems like there's a few times where uh, what's the main character's name? It's not Joy, obviously. It's uh, Riley. 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 Sorry, thank I you. I forgot that too. Yeah, I forget that. Mostly, we're in the world of her head. I yeah, feel like. so, yeah. But yeah, she's like a uh, scene, uh, not a scenery, a location. Oh, yeah. good yeah. call. She's our main character is the location. Yeah. Or our main characters live in the location who is... It's a character. I just Meta. went roll. <laughs> Shit. How did they explain this movie to executives? <laughs> Fuck. Sorry to stop the fun train, but we got to take a quick break and we will be right back. The break is over. Here we go. Back to the show about science. Um, okay, no. So, yeah, it seems like she gets stuck a few times. Like, what should she do? And her emotions are battling it out, right? Yeah. In her brain. And so is that what's actually happening to us? Yes. Throughout the day? And, I mean, more or less, that's what we think. So okay. um, these areas that we talked about, the, the hippocampus and in front of that's the amygdala. You've probably heard of it. It looks like kind of an almond shape. It's the one important for uh, emotion. And it's thought that these areas of the brain that respond and make memories and emotions are regulated by our prefrontal cortex, which is this great thing behind our giant foreheads. Um, <laughs> that continues to grow until we're about 30. And yeah, the idea 40, is that... we don't know. Or 40. Yeah. Um, Wait, your forehead? <laughs> Oh, no, 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 your forehead's pretty stable at that point. But it's thought to be the regulator. It's kind of, it decides when to put the brakes on or when to kind of switch gears or how to integrate really complex information, like mm. having a good and a bad thing happen at the same time. Okay. Um, and so these things develop with age. Your prefrontal cortex develops um, all the way across adolescence to help you regulate, you know, emotions. Think about being a kid, right? You probably, you said you were crying because, you know, you missed your sister. Well, I'm sure you might still cry because you miss your sister, but maybe you have a little bit more control over the context in which you might feel those feelings of sadness. And so yeah. uh, there are kind of these regulatory systems, actually, on a biological level. Wow. Cool. Is it accurate that, like, they show at the end, Riley has more complex emotions, like joy and fear are mixed together and disgust and joy are mixed together, you know? Um so is that accurate that, like, puberty is when people start having more complex emotions? Yeah. So actually, um, they if you remember the very beginning, right, Joy came on first. She was there. Mm-hmm. And then sadness. And then later on, as she got a little bit older, became disgust and anger. Mm-hmm. And, and fear. And fear, thank you. Yes. Um, and then, yeah, right around middle childhood, right before kind of this 
adolescent time period, you start to be able to integrate to more than one emotion to to kind of a context and, and, an, and an experience. And so that was really accurate. And puberty is really interesting, that button at the end where they're like, what's puberty? <laughs> yeah. um, because then the system has this whole flood of hormones, something that my lab also studies, to try to understand how do they play a role in how each of these systems that kind of have the building blocks in place then function with floods and floods of our steroids. So oh I want to see that now, just like hordes of hormones <laughs> yeah. demolishing all the islands. Be like, right. this doesn't matter anymore. This doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. You like boys now, or girls, whatever. Is that how would how would you uh, adjust you know inside out to? Puberty, like what? What would the hormones look like? What do you? What role do you think? They would yeah, play? that's really interesting. Well, they definitely would be a little bit, probably sluggish, um, because because hormones take a while to build up in your system and for your body to react. So maybe they'd be a little slower than these animated emotions that seem to be pretty quick. Um, uh, I, it would be really fascinating. Now I'm going to go back and have my lab members draw hormones for me. I wonder what Great. people would think those would look like. But yeah, they would be kind of. Uh, walking around kind of throwing things off how would they yeah how would they affect our emotions uh so a lot of different ways so um they're thought to act on on the amygdala so testosterone and estradiol and all these floods of emotions are thought to maybe make those areas be more reactive in some ways so testosterone Mm. high levels of testosterone including in in adult men can lead to things like uh, greater aggression and things like that and so now those those breaks your prefrontal cortex that has to regulate has to do kind of the job faster and quicker and kind of put things in check a little bit more. So even though they're slow to act, they maybe would be poking uh-huh. anger and fear and some of the emotions to get them kind of riled up. Whoa, cool. Wow. Okay, so this kind of brings me to my one of my favorite scenes in the movie yep. is the family dinner scene. Mm-hmm. And the fact that sadness is driving the mother and anger is driving the father is my favorite. <laughs> like that was yeah. so funny to me. Absolutely. So I'm like, man, their hormones really kicked joy out of the way and was like, now I'm angry. Angry all the time, or I'm sad all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I did think it was weird though that the mother, in her head, it's all females, and in the dad's head, it's all males. But in Riley's head, it's both. Maybe she's still like malleable. You know what I mean? Like, oh, okay. I feel like, I'll but bite. then there was a boy her age who also had like, like all his emotions had sweatshirts and right. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, I think was my favorite moment. Oh, yeah, of the movie. When, he, when it's just girl, the alarm girl. going off. Yeah. <laughs> Girl, girl. Yeah. I thought that was Does so that great. Does that ever change, by the way, developmentally? Um, no, I and it's also male or female. I pretty much just alarms going off yeah. in, in my head girl, all the boy, time. Girl, boy, something else. Talk, talk, yeah. talk, talk. Shut up, shut up. Yeah. Pretty much uh, just constantly going back Man, and forth. Very efficient, your memories and your reactions to people. Yeah, well, if I can forget all the times I've embarrassed myself in the past, then I don't feel that nervous nice. in the present, right? Yeah. So maybe having a bad memory is suiting me. You know, yeah. it's it's actually improving our conversation. Protecting you. If think about it, if I was just reflecting on all the times that I fucked up with guests before, <laughs> I would just be here in a panic, constant panic. You know. Um, okay, I want to talk about abstract thoughts. Also, they enter this really strange <laughs> abstract world at yeah. one point, and so where does that take place? Was that accurate? They they started throwing out like really complex. 
uh, words. Yeah. <laughs> they started. She started talking about. I wrote them down here. Non-objective fragmentation. Sadness was just spewing these out like every fifteen seconds. <laughs> Deconstruction. They went two-dimensional, non-figurative. <laughs> so I wasn't sure. Like, are they making like animation jokes? Is this just like a physical comedy <laughs> situation, or I don't know? How did you interpret that scene? I thought that was great. There are so many good points of this movie uh, and scenes of this movie. You know, abstract thought and this ability to deal with abstract thought is again those prefrontal cortex regions okay. and so um, I I don't know um, you know I don't know what they were trying to get at scientifically with that but I thought the whole concept of of trying to put abstract thought into a place in her mind and how you know it maybe didn't go one in one with emotions that she was developing was it was pretty funny yeah I like that part also yeah, yeah it was, was really fun. cool uh, to just think that you could just become a line at some point <laughs> was really cool. Right. Very freeing to yeah. not be three-dimensional. Yeah. Just be flat against a <laughs> white was, background. Is that your dream? <sighs> Maybe. You know, now I'm, I don't know. Is that abstract thought? To be like, whoa, that'd be tight. Or is that more Sick concrete? if I was a line. Yeah. To me, that's just like stoner talk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, tight. Yeah. Well, you know what would be cool, man? If we were all just lines. <laughs> We are all just lines, even. Oh, Ethan. shit. That's true. You're right. We're the same line, man. My father and his father. Uncle David. Uncle David is just my line. Um, okay. I also wanted to, I have so much to discuss, and I'm sorry. I'm just like throwing everything at you. Marie's asking it. you about molecules. I know it's a lot. I know it's a lot, but I want to try and get down to as much as we can. Uh, the subconscious. They enter the subconscious, and it seems like for some reason, the way they portrayed it is like a really scary place where she like stores all of her fears yeah was that accurate uh i mean maybe you nobody really knows where the subconscious is exactly another mystery Uh. neuroscience (laughs) mysteries or maybe they do maybe we should find a doctor who studies the subconscious and no we're good with you okay (laughs) (laughs) um but uh, yeah i i mean that's the other thing that was kind of funny is that you know just like the subconscious or abstract thought they're, they really made it seem very, you know, the term phrenology. Do you remember anything about phrenology back in the day in part it's of like psychology? You, like, touch a brain and if it fe- or touch a skull, and if it feels weird, then that means different things about your brain. Yeah, and for a while they're like, this is the love spot. This oh, is the, okay, like, yeah. smart spot, you know. And so the funny thing about this movie, which, you know, it was very good in a lot of ways, was that it made, you know, islands. It made abstract, you know, thought a place. There's not really a place for a lot of things. You know, the whole brain has to work together. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, uh, yeah, I think it was very, it was hinting at phrenology, which has been long gone for a long time now. Okay. Uh, So it it is not necessarily where we keep our darkest fears. It's just a place of, of... Yes, of subconscious thought, things that we're not aware of. Yeah, I think so. Maybe, maybe subconsciously we have both you know, motivation and deep, dark secrets. But Ooh. I don't I don't know. We should study that. Ooh. What about the whole, isn't there like hypnotherapy? Isn't that where you're supposed to like get out your subconscious thoughts? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sounds like we could go down a cult route right about that yeah. too. Okay. All, <laughs> all the cults that will help you find your inner deepest thoughts and darkness, right? Yeah, absolutely. Off the 101, there's a hypnotherapy institute. So maybe Ooh. we should... Head on over there. Okay, right Part after two. we scan your brain, yes. we'll go down there yeah. and a uh, maybe join a cult on the way, yeah. and then <laughs> do some hypnotherapy. Yeah, I've kind of always wanted to do that just out of curiosity, right? Like, yeah. see what happens. Is it like real? 
yeah. was it a front for a cult, you know? Yeah. I, I just think I'm know. so good at sleeping. Like, I <laughs> fall asleep pretty quick. So I don't know. I feel like I'm susceptible to that, probably. Yeah. Well, but you have to find out next week. You're very suggestive. <laughs> like, do people I can think suggest so. you're very suggestible? Is that the term? Right? I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm a skeptic also. Oh. But I think if I was asleep, yeah. I mean, Whoa. bring it on. That's I'll like do a lot of, I... like, old horror movies, right? Mm-hmm. Someone's, like, almost asleep, and they're like, go kill your wife. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't kill that's, your wife. Yeah, that's not <laughs> Did you ever they... have a wife, Ethan? No. Maybe she's in your subconscious. Whoa. Oh, shit. <laughs> I erased it. I did have a wife. Wait a minute. Now that you say that. Um, okay. Broccoli. You guys like broccoli? Uh, it's they... all right. Okay. A lukewarm broccoli review from Marie. <laughs> I like broccoli. I like cauliflower better, but I like oh, okay. broccoli. Another lukewarm review. Very interesting. I like broccoli a lot. My dad, Whoa. speaking of my father uh, on this podcast, Hates broccoli, always has, Whoa. and I've always thought he was silly for doing so because it's such a like common baby thing to hate broccoli. Yeah. They bring it up in this movie several times, and I just wanted to tell people at home that broccoli is delicious and nutritious, and you can make it with garlic and lemon oh. and roast it, and it's great and very healthy. Nice. Yeah, but apparently cauliflower is the expert's opinion. <laughs> uh, so go with cauliflower, I guess. <laughs> They're both good. Yeah. You ever oh. try that purple cauliflower? Yes, I like yeah. purple cauliflower. Yeah, I can't even, even say cooler it. than even broccoli <laughs> and regular cauliflower. All right, we are continuing to crap on broccoli. Um, primary emotions. I was reading something about primary emotions that we only have, like, I've, I, maybe that's what you were referring to, that doctor, what was his name? Ekman. Ekman. Ekman? Yeah. But now, now there was recent research in, like, the last couple of years that say now people argue that there's 27 distinct emotions. Whoa. So we're always changing. Wow. It's but like yeah. a Baskin-Robbins of... He was uh, the scientific advisor of the movie Dr. Ekman, and he's also the one who said that based on people's faces, we can come up with these core emotions or these standard Whoa. primary emotions. Based on their faces? Yeah. So like if I frown, uh, you know, if you you should try it. Make oh, an emotion yeah. and we'll guess. Oh, okay. Great. <laughs> think you're also doing a uh, thumbs up. That's like a, that's a combined Cheating. emotion. I don't, know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Uh, yeah, you're right. That was like, uh, that was a, what is this? What is this? That was a hesitant. Is, oh. What is this? What well, is you're this? saying what is this? <laughs> So confusion. Yeah. Uh, okay. Nice. Okay. Well, um, can you make a fear emotion? I bet all of you at oh. home can like think about what you probably yeah, look like when you see something fearful. Something like that? Is, that, yeah. what, is that good? <laughs> so he that was, was the one goofy. that essentially was like, there's these emotions that everyone seems to recognize, okay. and mostly, you know, if if verbally you don't have the same verbal ability or you speak a different language, that they're universal in the fact that if you frown, uh, almost everybody knows you're not happy. Uh, right. Got it. Tight. That makes sense. Brain freeze. Brain freeze. Oh. I knew you were going to ask this. <laughs> I had to. I, uh. It's funny because I just got it a few days ago. Yes. I made a smoothie with, I guess, too much ice and ate it very quickly or drank it quickly and had to like, I just, I <laughs> thought something was wrong with me. Like I thought my eye was going to be impaired forever. <laughs> I just, I was like, oh no. Uh, so uh, I'm pretty sure it's a facial nerve, oh. but don't oh. quote me on that. We should Google it. <laughs> I mean, this when whole thing doubt, is kind of listen. quoting you. Yeah. <laughs> so. uh, um, I'm pretty sure it's a facial nerve that uh, that gets stimulated and it leads to that, you know, sharp kind of throbbing pain. Yeah. yeah. You ever stick your thumb on the roof of your mouth to try make it go away? No. Oh, is that's, that a, that's, that's a what move? I've heard is to do it. It is kind of gross though, because it's your thumb. You know is it mean? just trying yeah. to warm up that nerve? I think, maybe? I think that's oh, what it is. It's like, yeah, okay. it's warming it up. Yeah. <laughs> it always is just like salty. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> 
your thumb? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It's skin. But I mean... <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. All, I mean, all, almost all of your skin cells or even in your mouth have, you know, pain receptors. So in this case, oh. I think it's just agitated from cold. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, ah! You yeah. know, like when you put yeah. your hand on a burner and you you quickly tell your brain or your brain quickly tells you, actually, get my hand off the burner. Yeah. Right, so same right. idea. I think it's just an agitation of that receptor saying, hey, this is really cold. <laughs> <laughs> but interesting that we don't have brain melt yeah. or some sort of brain burn, right? Yeah. It's just brain freeze. Yeah. That's true. Our mouths burn. Yeah, that's true. Our brains are fine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. New <laughs> dissertation topic. Whoa. I mean, I'm just trying to help your uh, uh, students. Yeah. I just want to yeah. ed- educate the masses with such abstract topics such as brain burn, uh, <laughs> which you can you can spend years on and never get you to could. the bottom of. Um, okay, I wanted to ask if emotions organize our rational thinking or disrupt it. There's been, I don't know, I found kind of like some stuff on both, and I thought that was like an interesting topic. Yeah, I think both is true. Oh, okay. I mean, there's times when you're probably making good decisions and a strong emotion comes by and, you know, kind of takes you off cuff of what you were planning to do. I mean, ever been in a heated argument with someone where maybe it starts off very, you know, very basic, like wash the dishes. And then it (laughs) it can get, depending on the emotional uh, properties of how many times you found the dishes dirty, uh, maybe the emotions kind of take charge. Um, And then there's other times, right, where this, again, your system to be able to regulate that, the other parts of your brain to be like, okay, is it really important that the dishes are done or should I just chill out? (laughs) That Uh, seems to be what Joy was kind of doing sometimes, like when anger would try, when everybody else would try to touch the thing, she was like, no. Get away from there. Right. Not the time. We got to be happy. Yeah. That, to me, she was almost playing like a logical character at that point. I don't know. Yeah. F- right? Like, like a central executive, right? Like this puppet yeah. master more yes. than just Joy. Like there yeah. should have maybe been a puppet master and Joy was one puppet. Yeah. And then there was oh. someone else who kind of. I think that was initially them. one of the iterations of the film really? is that oh. they had like a logic a person yeah. that was like trying to organize things. Yeah. Um, I just find that to be very useful. I've like learned the hard way now uh, through, I I don't know about arguments because I'm not, I I try not to get into it with anybody. I'm a very passive, uh, low key kind of guy. But I do find that like putting my emotions to the side when dealing with a problem in real time can be extremely beneficial. Like just kind of sitting on my emotions for a little bit and then, you know, uh, sorting through them one by one. Yeah, absolutely. And you learn that right over time. That's not something that at least for me when I was an adolescent or even in my early 20s was like, aha, I should put this aside and be (laughs) rational right now. That was something that with experience or age or whatever you want to call it, Mm -hmm. I was able to do better. Yeah. Like you. When is an appropriate amount of time for those emotions to come back? Because I'll go Mm. through something like, you know, you got to do emergency protocol. Like Joy is like, okay, I'm in charge. We got to be logical. Right. And like five days later, everything's cool. And then I'm like, oh my God, that was really scary. But everything's done. And keep in mind, I have no PhD. So (laughs) you might want to listen to Megan on this one. But I think that 
you you need to like prioritize bringing up the emotions but when you're in like a safe space yeah. like to me yes. when i'm in that like yes. confrontational mode not cool do yeah. not let emotions come into this just be rational be chill and then as soon as that person leaves more than likely and you're like in your car or with someone yeah. you trust and that supports you then it's like okay let me tell you about all my emotions that i'm feeling so we can work through this even if you're by yourself so yeah. i can work through this and then you know maybe get back with that person and be like okay i've thought about how i feel <laughs> yeah. and and it's anger and it's this and it's and now we need to do this you yeah. know i don't yeah. know yeah. cuz otherwise you're right um you're saying like fight or flight comes on board, right? Mm -hmm. The fight maybe comes on board and, and you realize that's not the right time. And so you might be able to put in check that that emotional pathway of, of getting really worked up. Um, but I, I agree that, you know, at the beginning you said, well, it's not bad to be sad. It's not bad to be angry either, actually. Yeah. It's just how you act on it. And mm -hmm. so um, no emotions wrong for, from our perspective or my perspective personally. It's just whether or not you can, you know, help yourself figure out what, what to do with those emotions, process them when yeah. you can in a safe space in a way yeah. that doesn't harm others or yourself, and be able to then, you know, work through those and learn from them for the next time. Yeah. Whoa, that was really beautiful, guys. <laughs> really you. got there. Thank you so much. Yeah. No, <laughs> seriously. Yeah. I think it's helpful information. Yeah. I, and it did take me a long time to figure it out. Like there are, you know, I will prioritize and, and organize times where I know I will need to process these emotions. Like yeah. you mentioned the song earlier that like brings emotion out of you. Mm -hmm. Like I think that's crucial. I think it's important to, you know, okay, three times a week, you know, while I'm, uh, you know, in between uh, work or whatever, yeah. like this is my emotion time and I need to figure out why am I stressed Whoa. or why am I worried about this thing and yeah, like listen absolutely. to Let Down by Radiohead off OK Computer and just, you know, <laughs> nice. let it out. And then, oh, now I've learned something from that experience because I loved one of my favorite things about the movie is that when uh, she I think she's sitting with Bing Bong and he's crying and she's just like asking him yeah. questions and kind of like bringing bringing it out of him and then he lets out the cry and he's like okay now let's go now I can yeah. lead you guys it's over here um, because I think that's what happens right our emotions guide us through the like the fog right of yeah. our of our brains yeah I mean at least for me that's definitely you know there, I, I'll feel like <laughs> like an inexplicable mood you know <laughs> just like don't want to deal or I'm tired I'll blame it on being tired yeah. but it's really just like I'm upset about something and I need to it experience out. it yeah exactly yeah. and like really take the time so I don't know maybe yeah. uh, would you suggest people like literally like separate time in their calendars to process emotions yeah I mean just whether it's da like daily reflection at the end of the day to let it go and go have the rest of your evening or you know self-help right or self-care not help mm -hmm. self-care um, taking care of yourself reflecting on how you're feeling and how you're doing and how you may be storing that yeah. uh, both emotionally in your body but also you know is it disrupting your daily focus mm -hmm. um, and being able to work through that super important that's the best we can do for ourselves. Yeah. I think we forget that a lot nowadays because it's constant bombardment, right, of yeah. stimuli. Go, 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 yeah. go, it's joy go, everywhere. Go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Joy's like, you can go on Twitter. You don't want to feel bad. 
Right. Like yeah. you're alone for two seconds. Put on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, thank you for listening. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's true. A lot. I, I think you know, back in the day, whenever you want to put a date on that, there was just a lot of your alone time, right? right a lot of yeah. silence. A lot of like you can really process a lot of stuff. Yeah. And now it's just distraction. Yeah. Distraction in your pocket. You know, the yeah. whole world is in your pocket. So why would you not want to look up top ten dunks from 2019? You know, <laughs> I do. Uh, top ten. What? Donks. Donks? Booty? Donks. Donks. I, donks? Like basketball? Oh, donks? Yeah, I'm looking at donks. the top 10 uh, I thought butts. it was like donks, too. I was like, I is that what you like donks? Like, like, I'm not that donks? cool, but it's I just when my dad's accent comes through. Uh, it's uh, problematic. No, yeah, donks, uh, three-pointers, dishes, sports, sports, sports. Top 10 sports of 2019. Baseball. Yeah, as a fun distraction. Like, I want to cry about an argument I had, but instead... Look at this crazy f- hook shot, yeah. you know? So I think, yeah, turn it off for a little while, right? And meditate or whatever you got to do. Yeah. Or listen to that f- tune that makes you... Happy, r- happy, sad. Happy, sad. Happy, happy sad. sad. What's yeah. the word for that? We should have a better word for that. Sappy? Sappy, I think, is already something else. <laughs> had. <laughs> okay, had. That won't lead to any confusion. <laughs> um, okay, perfect. I, I think I pretty much got to everything. I mean, I wanted to mention, we kind of already touched on it, though, that like anger is a negative emotion also, but can lead to a lot of positivity. I mean, it's like the emotion itself has no like net positive or negative, right? It's like what you do with that emotion. Mm. Yeah, like like your that. actions behind it. Yeah, because like I'm, I can be angry, and then I'm just like, well, I'm gonna turn this into self improvement. <laughs> That's and, how you talk to yourself. Yeah, by the way. exactly. And then uh, other people get angry, and they're like, I'm gonna punch a wall. Yeah, it's like so. Which one uh, you can choose? Yeah, you depending choose on the wall. Do. Exactly, could be a good move. Is yeah. it the Berlin Wall? Right. That's a good one to punch. <laughs> Then it's that's the best that's, way to yeah, let out your okay, anger. Nice. Just knock down that wall one punch at a time. <laughs> one punch at a time. Yeah. I was gonna ask if all these like photos and videos that we take now are going to help the next generation's memories. Yeah, possibly. Okay. Uh, documentation is useful when you really can't um, um, think up something, but I think also just like you know, really paying attention to what you're doing if you want to learn it and remember it later, right? So we talked mm-hmm. about emotions helping you learn that information. And part of the reason is because emotions help you pay attention to the important information. So this idea that we're always distracted, well, probably not going to remember it if you have like five things going on at once, right? right. Yeah. And so if you're really trying to learn something, like let's say you're studying for a class or um, you're, you're going to have to focus and, and kind of make it, like you said, fun or a way to remember the information it's going to be whether or not you process it with some sort of with some sort of pizzazz so very nice yeah all right uh well speaking of pizzazz at depressed auntie is where you guys can (laughs) find uh marie watchkey anything else you want to tell people about yes i have a monthly show the first friday of the month 9.30 9.30 at the Ruby in fabulous Hollywood, California. Uh, come through. It's real fun. Mm-hmm. Good time. Uh, I also host the open mic there the oh. second Sunday of the month. Okay. Come on out. Very cool. At the Ruby. At the Ruby. In Tinseltown, 
<laughs> Hollywood, California. Yeah. Glorious. Uh, Dr. Megan. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're continuing to try to understand how the brain develops. Uh, we're always looking for participants, families. Parents have to, of course, give permission. Um, and, and we're just uh, looking to share what we know with the community. So I really appreciate coming out oh, and chatting about this movie. And I hope people watch it um, and like it as much as we all did um, because it's got a lot of good science behind it. And, and we're going to just learn more and more with with more uh, support for science. Yeah. Great. Love it. Learn so much. Thank you so much. Well, I'll see you guys uh, very soon for Inside Out 2, Marie's Mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which should be delightful. Uh, and yeah, thank you both for, for joining me today. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you. Yay. Yay. I don't know how we end. <laughs> we just go, yay. 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 <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bad Science is hosted and produced by me, Ethan Edinburgh, the associate producers Emily Feld, and our executive personality island deucer is Brett Kushner. Follow us on Instagram at Bad Science Show. That's at Bad Science Show. Feel free to send us an email at badscienceatseeker.com. That's badscienceatseeker.com. And if you haven't yet, please leave us an iTunes review. That lets other people hear about the show, which we really appreciate. Um, Alrighty then, I will see you next week. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>